know, there's been a lot of retail innovation from the shopping experience standpoint. From your perspective, from, from the Google perspective, is there anything that stands out to you from a retail innovation standpoint? First of all, the past year has just been, it's been a lot of things, but it's really forced businesses across the U.S., across every single category to really rethink their business models and how they engage with their customers. Welcome into the Independent Thinking Podcast. This is your host, Rob Stott. We're coming at you today with a really unique episode, uh, and it's possible that this is not the first time you would have heard this episode if you were an attendee at our recent virtual primetime uh, in March. We had at that show Patrick Tam, the strategic partner, or a strategic partner manager for Google, uh, sit down with us to talk about a whole host of digital uh, and retail topics, um, you know, for the for the show, and uh, really a great discussion, a follow up discussion. You know, if you're a frequent listener of the podcast, to one we had earlier last year, uh, around you know a few months into the pandemic, just to catch up on trends and product trends, and you know, search trends, retail trends, online uh, shopping trends with Patrick, and you know, wanted to have the chance to to catch up with him and and see how, you know, those trends have sort of uh, evolved over time, you know, as we're now into 2021 and a uh, little over a year of, you know, this pandemic and, and the shift in how consumers have shopped and, and how retailers are responding to those tra- changing trends. So um, had Patrick sit down with us and, and provide a, a really strong update, um, you know, on those trends, but also, you know, the tools that he's seeing retailers take advantage of online and, uh, you know, ways that they're evolving and adapting uh, to meet new customer demands, you know, in this new age of online shopping. And, um, you know, talked about that, had some great examples of, you know, retailers taking advantage, how they're putting these tools into practice. And also, you know, nice to just hear him talk about the ways that Google is working with Nationwide Marketing Group and our partners, uh, you know, with retailer web services and site on time to ensure that our retailers have, you know, all the tools at their disposal to help them be successful online. So uh, just a great update, one that I know we're, you know, getting ready to, to start a, a regular cadence with Patrick. You know, we, we're not going to let him get too far away from us and, uh, you know, want to be sure that we can get as much out of his uh, brain as possible, uh, you know, from a trends perspective and also just talk about the tools and uh, some strategies for our retailers to, to be successful in this online space. So really a great conversation. And like I said, if you were at virtual primetime and attended virtual primetime, possible that you already, uh, you know, had a chance to, to catch some of this episode. So, um, you know, really, really strong interview, really strong topics that, that Patrick brought to the table. So let's just go ahead and dive into our independent thinking podcast with Patrick Tam of Google. All right, and we're in on a incredibly special edition of the independent thinking podcast. If, if you're watching this, uh, you know, during our normal podcast drop, you are actually late to the game because this right now, Mr. Patrick Tam of Google, we're we're talking. It's prime time, and uh, we're this is. Listen, we've done podcasts from prime time before. We even did some in October when it was virtual prime time. But this is our first podcast that is actually being run as a main stage session here at virtual prime time. So, first of all, I want to thank all the members who are here watching live uh, as we sit down and, and chat with Google here and Mr. Tam during virtual prime time. But uh, 
you know, if you're catching this during our, our normal podcasting time, welcome. And uh, you're, you're about to catch up on everything you missed during virtual prime time. So uh, Patrick, first of all, Hey, thank you for taking time and uh, being able and interested in coming to virtual prime time and joining us here. Thanks Rob. Uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be with you all virtually wherever you are. Um, and uh, I'm sorry we can't do this all in person, but regardless, I'm excited to, to, to chat with you all and, and with you, especially Rob, today. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to hold it to you, but we will get you in person and we'll be able to do this. You know, we've had a couple of this is not our first, uh, you know, sit down. So it'll be nice to do one in person eventually when we get back to that. <laughs> Yeah, I would love to make our grand re-entry into Vegas uh, in 2022, I guess, whenever that all happens. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, you know, first of all, I just want to dive in. We have a lot of great stuff to talk about today. Uh, you know, the session title says it all, um, diving into retail trends and digital trends. But first, I want to yeah. get to know a little bit about you uh, and your role at Google. So let's start there and just talk about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm coming to you from San Francisco, uh, from the the lovely Mission District here, um, and and uh, I've been at Google for uh, coming on eight years now. And um, uh, I, I started out um, at, at Google working on um, on traditional partnerships with uh, publishers, directories, etc. And over time. Um, as as the industry evolved, um, I, I chose to evolve along with it. So um, uh, spent the last few years of my career working in the ad tech space um, with technology partners who specialize in um, delivering marketing services using technology, um, like like nationwide. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, that's where I'm at today is, is, is in building partnerships with companies like Nationwide with the goal of enabling uh, small businesses across the U.S. Uh, to, to get access to new technologies, to, to better promote their businesses, to drive sales, et cetera. Sounds like a, a lot of very important stuff that I know we're going to spend a lot of time talking about today. And yeah. Uh, before we dive uh, even deeper into it, um, you know, I know you're part of the team there, you know, nationwide, as we've talked about over the years has been, uh, you know, designated as a Google premier partner. Uh, we've got that mm -hmm. status. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what that means, um, you know, for us as an organ, for nationwide as an organization, but also to the membership? Why, why should that status member status matter to nationwide's members? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a great question. Um, the, the Google Partners program was, was started out with the intention of, of really bringing some structure to the marketplace when it came to helping business, businesses, business owners um, really find uh, the, the right marketing partner to help them grow their businesses. Because there are, as, as many of the people watching today probably know, there are many companies out there uh, you know, claiming to offer marketing services, the best in the market, uh, or whatever that may be. But, but uh, the Google Partners program was created so that we could really have our fingerprints on, on really highlighting and identifying those partners in the marketplace who are truly doing, uh, doing uh, well by, by the SMBs out there and, and delivering the best of Google to those, uh, to those customers. And the, 
so that's the genesis of the Google Partners Program. And when it comes to the premier partner status, there are a few things that we're looking for to have that kind of extra, that that higher level of distinction. One is is we're looking for partners who can deliver this excellence at scale. Um, our goal is to reach as many of the millions of uh, small businesses across the U.S. as possible, and it's only through major large partnerships like with Nationwide that we're able to have that type of reach. So we're looking for scale there. Next is is going back to that point about, about excellence and delivering the best Google experience. Um, we, have, um, we have measures in place around product performance, product health, um, you know, campaign performance, uh, uh, growth of those campaigns, et cetera, that, uh, that we hold our partners accountable to so that when you're granted that premier partner status, uh, the, the customer, the, the business owner has that confidence to know that um, when I see that badge, I know that this partner is delivering not just uh, you know, a check a checkbox to say, hey, I offer Google, but I'm doing this well, I'm following best practices. And then lastly is around expertise. So um, we, we also have standards for, um, for certification, um, training, et cetera, that we, that we uh, deliver to partners like Nationwide. So they're always on the, the bleeding edge when it comes to the Google Ads products. Gotcha. So basically, to boil it down, members can basically have the confidence that our site on time, our RWS teams that are really hands-on with these products, our marketing team who... Uh, you know, have access to these and are are using them to develop the campaigns that our members are putting out. That they have the confidence that you know those are world class, top of the line. You know, it, it's working in the best of of their interests and and you know to the best of their abilities as far as uh, you know being successful. Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, it's it's to elevate those partners, but also to give. Um, advertisers, business owners, the confidence to really be able to find the right partner for them and have the confidence that they've been held to standards by Google. Gotcha. All right. Well, now that we, we've got that cleared up and, and figured yeah. out, um, you know, it's crazy that as we're sitting here, you know, it's mid-March. Um, we are just about 13 months removed from the last time Nationwide and our members were able to gather in person in Houston uh, for primetime. And, you know, a lot has obviously changed since then. Um, you know, we, we, it's been quite the year to say the least, um, you know, a lot of ups and downs throughout the industry, a lot of, you know, ways that, uh, a lot of challenges that the industry has faced, but here we are today. Um, you know, the, the resiliency, I think is a theme that has been talked about over the past 13 months, um, as well as innovation. You know, there's been a lot of retail innovation from the shopping experience, uh, standpoint and, and things that mm -hmm. our members have done to, to sort of maintain their businesses. So I'm wondering from your perspective, from, from the Google perspective, is there anything that stands out to you from a retail innovation standpoint? Uh, you know, we've heard a lot about chat, a lot about video appointments. Um, are there other technologies or, or these sort of digital innovations that, that stand out that, you know, you don't think are getting the attention they deserve necessarily? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, well, first of all, first of all, the past year has just been, it's been a lot of things, but uh, in the context of what we're talking about, um, it's it's 
really force businesses across the U.S., across every single category to really rethink their business models and how they engage with their customers in a world where almost everything we do is done remotely. Um, and to, to kind of uh, give put a sense of scale around the, the level of digital transformation that the retail industry has undergone in, the, in just the past year. Uh, the, there was a study that was done by a company called Ender's Analysis that uh, was looking at the shift to e-commerce during the pandemic. And they estimate that the, the shift to online retail was accelerated by four years as a result of the pandemic. That's unbelievable. Um, That's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, without the pandemic, that they're saying a lot of the factors that we're seeing today with the shift in consumer behavior and the shift to kind of, um, you know, online inventory uh, was something that was going to happen eventually. But obviously those things were just put into overdrive as a result. And, you know, uh, it's it's forced businesses to adapt and, and to do so quickly and, and to really embrace innovation in the space. So um, I wanted to set the context there yeah. uh, as far as how people or what factors have really motivated people to, the, to kind uh, of adapt. A data, a data point that stands out from that. I know we talked about this the last time you and I sat down for a podcast. Um, you know, you think about the the start of the pandemic and that shift that you're, you're referencing uh, a couple of numbers that stood out were that, you know, in the months of, I believe it was April, May, June, um, those early months of the pandemic, spending online had matched and that in, in some instances exceeded Black Friday spending, the average online Black Friday spending. So you want to talk about just how quickly people ramped up their online spending. That's all you have to think about is just, you know, typically we think we associate the holiday times with, you know, when most of the online activity or retail activity in general happens. It was ha it happened for three months in a row at the start of this pandemic. So uh, yeah. just a, a testament to just how quickly the consumer made that transition. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's also it's also um, really born out a lot of really interesting, really cool experiences to replace that kind of in-person experience on, on the retail side. Um, so you mentioned video and, and chat options um, as some of the, the um, some of the innovations there. Um, and those have been huge as far as, and especially for major purchases like appliances or furniture or bedding, um, those have been essential. Uh, you know, even speaking personally for me, um, having, having bought one of each, you know, I've, I've got a new bed, I got a new couch, got a new coffee table, got a new TV during the pandemic, and it was all done online. So I have a personal experience with all of these things, uh, for better or for worse. <laughs> um, probably worse for my credit card statement, but that's that's another topic altogether. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, uh, being able to have that 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 one-on-one -on -one experience with the salesperson still via video, via chat has been transformational. Um, and it's something that I, I, I hope and expect will continue in the future as, as people have really uh, woken up to the ease and convenience of this. Um, you know, if you can save yourself a five, 10, 15 minute drive to the store and be able to get those questions answered in real time uh, while you're at home, even better. Um, a, a couple of other things that I, I, um, 
that I found really interesting in terms of embracing technology for the retail experience. One uh, is uh, augmented reality is, is one of those things. Um, and for those of you who aren't familiar with that, it's essentially projecting, using your phone and using your camera to project a virtual version of the item that you're looking at. So if it's a coffee table, being able to point the camera at your at your uh, living room floor and being able to see a, a virtual version of the coffee table in in its kind of real size so that you can see how it looks in your space and see how it fits along with the rest of your furniture and if it can even fit. Um, so I found that uh, to be personally really helpful for me uh, when I was you know, looking for a couch and a coffee table for my living room. Um, so would love to see that kind of uh, adopted further going in the future. Um, another thing that I found really helpful was the, the shift towards uh, for in-person shopping using appointment setting to, to one, help with uh, social distancing and, and safe shopping, but also it, it really opened the doors for a more personalized shopping experience. Um, I did this when I ended up um, buying my coffee table at, at a furniture store right down the street from me. Um, and it was, um, it, it was something that I found, something that I, I just looked back on afterwards and go, why don't we do that for everything we do? Because they uh, they not only had a time set, set aside for me, they essentially had the store closed except for, for me for social distancing purposes. But then they also asked things like, what are you looking for? What style of furniture are you, are you interested in? Um, can you send us photos of your, your space right now so we can kind of um, get a sense for how big or small the, the furniture will be? And when I came in, it was like I had a personal shopper who knew exactly what I wanted. They already had um, pieces lined up ready for me to look at rather than me having to walk around the store for half an hour and try to figure out, you know, uh, get a lay of the land. Get, um, you know, they had all those things determined for me and I was essentially in and out um, because of that, but figured out everything I needed to know within five to 10 minutes. It was fantastic. It sounds counterintuitive because you're shutting down the store for one customer, but you know those appointment settings, and I'm sure a lot of members who are watching and, and listening uh, would attest that you know, as opposed to having 15 people in a store that maybe are just perusing or browsing the aisles and browsing your product, you have one <clears throat> meaningful customer in there who you know is most like if they made an appointment, they're more likely to you're going to get it exactly. Same. So to be able exactly to exactly right, yeah, to have those conversations and get the um, you know, the, the personal touch and provide a better overall experience for that customer. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's something that, that makes a ton of sense for the retail experience. To your point, I'm already raising my hand and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm not just interested in shopping for furniture. This is exactly what I'm looking for. I'm giving you information about what space I'm looking for, what style I'm interested in. I'm giving you all this valuable information. So, while yes, it may seem like it's more effort to have an appointment or to dedicate a salesperson to this, this is uh, an extremely qualified lead in, uh, in marketing terms. We, we may have um, kind of moving to, you know, the follow-up question here in that, you know, we're talking about all these, the, the digital and 
trends that stand out to you? I mean, do you kind of see any of these outlasting the pandemic? Um, I, I think, you know, chat, again, chat and video are functions that, like you said, this space has been fast forwarded by a number of years, uh, not just on the consumer front, but how retailers are engaging with their customers in these spaces. Uh, are these the same sort of trends that we've already talked about that you think outlast this? Is there any other, uh, you know, trends that you can think of that, you know, retailers should have their their eyes on uh, from a digital perspective that could outlast this pandemic? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the one thing that will certainly be uh, outlast this is the, the embracing of e-commerce, the, the shift to the, the shift and focus on the digital storefront as the, as a primary or, or first entry point for, for potential customer is something that, we've seen explode in the past year and will remain something that remains uh, uh, kind of a heavyweight when it comes to kind of a sales driver going forward. Um, you know, we, we, we often talk about how your, your online, your online store, your website is really your best employee because they're always working. They're always available, always helpful. And, and now that we've embraced e-commerce, now it's something that can drive sales for you. Uh, it can be a research point for a potential customer, et cetera. So the, I think that overall um, as, as a foundation is something that will, uh, will remain. And the, the layers that have been built on top of that, uh, bringing traffic to the store via things like Google ads, shopping ads, et cetera. I think those will be hugely important going forward as well um, because it's one thing to have a storefront it's another thing to be able to you know promote it and get people aware and to drive traffic to it so I, I think that will be something that remains now some other things that i think are are going to be really powerful as a result of the shift is you know with with shopping ads for instance and with e-commerce in general you have this this um this streamlined feedback loop where you you drive traffic to the store, the person makes a purchase or they don't, but you have that direct feedback when when they you know make a purchase. And you can use that information to really get a a a finger on the pulse with respect to where the market is at in terms of what people are interested in, in buying um, using tools like Google Trends or the top sellers report on, on Google Merchant Center. Um, that'll tell you, hey, hey, here are the products or brands that are that people are most interested in. And um, this is, you know, this is something that you can leverage to make merchandising decisions or ordering decisions uh, when when you're restocking your store. So I think being able to leverage this this suite of digital tools to be able to not just promote your business or to drive sales, but to also make kind of foundational business decisions around how you can uh, best meet your customers' needs is going to be something that's huge. Yeah, not, you know, we I, I feel like we've talked a lot, um, you know, not just today, but just in general, as far as the the importance of these digital tools and the opportunities they provide retailers. Uh, there, there may be no better example of that than just what retailers have had to go through over the past year, um, you know, being tossed into this and, and you know, really 
it, it goes to the resourcefulness and, and nimbleness of this industry to be able to react as they did and adjust on the fly. But you talk about a crash course in how these digital tools work and the opportunities. Um, I think a lot of them learned that over these past 13 months, you know, what, what happens when they, they turn to these tools and uh, implement them into their online strategies and uh, just their regular business flow. And it's kind of, it's been kind of cool to see. It's been really cool to see. And um, uh, it really speaks to the kind of uh, resilience of, of, of people, both on the, the retail side and the consumer side. Um, and yeah, uh, uh, going to be really interesting, interesting, interesting to see what, which of these kind of continues out last um, past the pandemic. But um, as mentioned, uh, I think there are some foundational things that are, that are definitely going to remain um, now that we've kind of cracked the door open and opened some eyes into how convenient and, and easy it is to, to, to go this way. Absolutely. And uh, you know, the first portion of this, this talk here uh, in our time has been spent talking about the tools and the ways of uh, you know, what, can, what retailers can do from a digital perspective and how they've been able to, uh, you know, adjust their businesses. Um, Want to focus in a little bit, kind of have more of that, uh, the fun product discussion that I, I always love talking products. So, um, and I know you guys, you talk about all the, um, the, the data points available to you. You can see, you guys have a, your fingers on the pulse of what's going on from a product standpoint. So I want to talk about that. Um, you know, we, we think back to the last time we talked, I know freezer, freezers, I, I think they're still a thing, but you know, and they're still hard to come by, but uh, yeah. they, were, they were a big talking point at the, the start of this pandemic. And um, you know, but what, what's been, what's been sort of those high level trends or, or product trends that you guys have been keeping your eye on the past couple of months, as far as where the consumer's looking right now? Yeah. Um, you know, at the start of the pandemic, just l- looking at a high level, I think, you saw a lot of the the the, the search trends and and purchasing behavior really focused on on things like um, you know basic needs, meeting basic needs like sanitation products, you know, cleaning products, etc. But over time, you've seen as we've gone through well over a year, um, you know, into the pandemic. Um, there's been a major shift with all this time at home to really focus on um, really making the, the home a, a safe space and, and a, a haven for um, for everything that we do. A place so, that you yeah. actually like to be. <laughs> a place that you actually like to be. Exactly. Um, and uh, so, so we've seen that kind of bear up in terms of uh, consumer trends over time. Um, so, you know, at the start of the pandemic, lots of focus on lots of searches for cleaning products, et cetera. But over time, um, you know, we've seen a lot of those searches really diversify as we've turned our homes into an office or a test kitchen or a gym or a theater or even a meditation room. Um, so, uh, there's a, been a big focus on things like, obviously things like standing desks and uh you know KitchenAid mixers uh gym equipment projectors tvs video games um, yoga mats so a lot of those things have really kind of risen to the top um as far as what's top of mind for consumers 
One one area you talk about, and I think about it maybe because as I'm staring at this uh, this Zoom screen, I see the Murphy bed behind me. Uh, you know, converting these spaces night and day, by the way. So just a nice little plug for a vendor, uh, unintended. Nice. However, um, you know, you talk about turning converting spaces into usable working spaces. I'm sitting here in a home office. Uh, you know, kind of diving deeper into some of the the products that our our space cares about. Um, you know, yeah. Is, are those searches and are, are the, the shopping behaviors, you know, really pointing to those, those bigger purchases now and, and things like you mentioned the standing desks, but other products that, uh, you know, this space of appliances, furniture, bedding, and, and uh, CE retailers would care about? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, lo- looking at, looking at the, the top level categories and how those have progressed over time, the, you know, major categories like appliances, furniture, bedding have been incredibly resilient and in fact have have grown quite a bit over the course of the, the past 12 months here. Um, you know, for uh, through through this January, for instance, um, appliances uh, were uh, growing in terms of weekly search volume by 30% year on year. Uh, furniture, 32%. Um, kitchen and dining 41%, bedding 47%. So um, it's it's really been borne out in terms of what people have have grown to care about as they spend more time at home. Um, and, you know, that's, that's uh, you know, hopefully trickled down to, to everyone who's watching today and, and they're seeing that in the marketplace. Absolutely. And, and just to tie in, I know some other data too that we've heard recently, um, particularly, you know, in the appliances and, and furniture space, you think too, um, you know, I know the National Kitchen and Bath Association had their show recently and talked about, you know, the state of the industry there and, and um, you know, finances. I, I, this is, I do not have an economy degree or anything like that, economic uh, background, but I, I know numbers and you know, the fact that um, interest rates are so low right now and people are refinancing and having, uh, you know, the the equity in their homes to tap, be able to tap into at low rates right now has really driven a lot of that. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of that in the appliances and furniture, redoing homes, redoing kitchens, redoing, remodeling, upgrading appliances. So uh, nice to see that it is, um, you know, translating to increased search, uh, you know, as they go online and start these processes online. So um, yeah, of opportunity, uh, you know, getting product is one thing, of course, we know there's challenges there, but, uh, demand is clearly, I think still strong and, and will be throughout 2021. And, uh, judging by those numbers, it, it's going to be very strong. Yeah, so far, so good. So yeah. far, so good. It's been really promising and, um, yeah, we're, we're still going to be at home for, for a bit longer. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, uh, for for those of you watching out there, I, I would stock up on those bread makers and <laughs> you know stand mixers and TVs and, and all that because I think interest will remain high there. Well, and that that kind of you know lends itself nicely a nice segue to uh, what I was going to ask next, and that is you know how life at home and all the social distancing you know is it driving? How is that driving? How are those things driving shopping trends? Yeah, uh, I, like I mentioned earlier, like that that focus on making home a better space for hobbies, for work, entertainment, um, well-being, fitness, etc. I think that's really driven a lot of these these trends. Um, so, um, 
the the from a product level that's that's how we're seeing the market shift from a shopping standpoint from um, from a buying behavior standpoint we're seeing we're seeing a, a greater preference for obviously online shopping and the expectations that become learned when you when you become accustomed to online shopping even for categories you've never bought before like a Know, a TV or an appliance or you know a kitchen appliance um, you, you start to learn about the conveniences of online shopping for, for those items and your expectations as, as a consumer evolve as well so yeah. um, you know some of the things that uh, as we've done things like consumer surveys and, and studies um, during the pandemic that we've picked up on are uh, a big preference for for um, locality proximity local businesses so you know is that furniture store just down the block from me or is it across the city um and you know uh, many people raising their hands and saying I, I prefer something really close to me just so i can kind of get in and get out safely um curbside pick it up obviously has been a, a huge uh, a, a huge boon during the pandemic or um you know, fast delivery options, free delivery options um, has, is something that people have really gravitated towards and embraced during the pandemic. Um, a really important thing that I've, that, uh, that is, you know, that is something that uh, uh, people have grown to expect is real-time stock updates as well. Yep. So being able to, to go online, go to your website and say, all right, do you have this item in stock? Can I get it today if I wanted to buy it? Um, having that reliability in terms of, in terms of, you know, what is the inventory online versus in store, I think is hugely valuable and something that I think will um, remain important for consumers and, and retailers going forward. Um, and lastly, but certainly probably the most important is, is with e-commerce and with online online retail, you have the, the benefit of being able to do a lot more research um, on, on the product that you're buying. Um, and by the time a, a customer comes to your site, they've probably read um, you know, a, a dozen reviews um, on, on that product um, and done some comparison shopping um, you know, on the manufacturer's site before, before they came to your site to, to buy. So being able to uh, kind of cater to those those well-informed customers or to to help them get informed by providing things like product overview videos or um, you know links to professional reviews or um, you know providing ratings etc I think those are going to be something that uh, are, are going to be kind of differentiators um, amongst the many retailers who've embraced e-commerce during this almost re it feels like retailers, you know, acting as uh, sort of content providers in a sense, because you want to, you know, publishing background, you want to keep the the customer on that site site as long as possible, provide them with the most valuable information uh, and ultimately hope that it leads to the sale with you. So the more information in more ways that you can provide it, the better it is, you know, not only for your website to, to have that information, but also to potentially use it to convert sales and, and, you know, look, almost like a thought leader in your space and in your market for these products. Exactly. Exactly. That, you know, being helpful 
is is the the biggest differentiator here when it, when it comes to driving when it comes to driving a sale, especially when it comes to when it comes to you know online sales and, and e-commerce. You know you you don't necessarily always have someone by your side, even via chat, to help answer your questions. So as much as you can provide um, upfront, that's already on the page. Um, that's going to be you know, one notch in your, uh, in your belt in your favor to, to help close that sale. Now I know, you know, you're running through all of the, uh, the, the sort of the preferences and, and things customers are looking for when they shop. One that kind of stands out in particular, and I always have an interest in kind of looking for numbers on this when, when available, do you guys have a sense of you know, the buy online pickup in store versus someone delivery? Is there a preference one way or the other? Does it sort of lean either way for the customer or is it, you know, you just need to have it and and you know the the idea of having it is is enough for the customer. Yeah, I I, I haven't seen any data that speaks to kind of preferences there, but you know going back to your your previous question around what's going to kind of outlast this pandemic, it's going to be that flexibility in terms of uh, fulfillment options, uh, delivery options, shopping options. Um, that focus on the full omni-channel presence, uh, where if a consumer or a customer wants to come in store to look at the product in person, they have that option and they can buy it in store and deliver it home later. Um, or if they prefer to buy online, having that ability to, to, to do so easily on your site. So having that flexibility is gonna be the most important thing. Um, to, to cater to as many different needs as possible. Because I, I think, I, I, you know, I think the, the pandemic has really opened a lot of eyes in terms of, in terms of, um, you know, how easy it is, even for categories you would have never thought to buy online. The, the, the you know, the number of, the number of people who've, um, who said that they've, Bought a product they've never bought online before has grown dramatically over the course of the pandemic. So, those those expectations, those behaviors are gonna are gonna stick after this. And so, being able to meet all those different needs is gonna be hugely important. No, I, absolutely, it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, we talk about the numbers at the top and just how the shift has happened, and uh, you know, both on the consumer side and and you know, just from starting the search online to actually completing it and what that looked like and uh, you know, you got to be there. If you if you're not there, you can't make the sale. So to be there and and offer them that option is obviously critically important these days. And yep. um, if you thought the shift was several years down the road, well, guess what? <laughs> the last twelve months have pushed us several years down the road, as you mentioned. So uh, exactly. before before we let you go, I, I, you know, a lot of I know our membership and among the people watching and and listening, you know, that I'm, there are endless and countless examples of you know that we could call out that we've had on. You know, our podcast um, over the course of the past year, just talking about how they've uh, been able to adjust their business models and, and adapt during this time. Uh, you know, any examples that, that you guys that stand out to you that you've been able to see or, or witness um, from a retail from a retail perspective, a, a business being able to adjust on the fly that sort of uh, struck a chord with you? Yeah, well, I, I, uh, I I've seen some really great examples and and i you know we've been working really closely with the nationwide team particularly particularly the 
the product teams at Site on Time and, and uh, Retailer Web Services to really um, to meet the needs of, of the time and to deliver new experiences like Google Shopping ads, for instance, to help as many of uh, our members um, kind of uh, take advantage of, of these, you know, of these technologies, of these trends as possible. Um, and it's been really cool to see as we've, um, you know, launched uh, new products like Google Smart Shopping campaigns um, for both Side on Time and, and uh, RWS customers uh, to see the kind of embracing of those to help them pivot their sales in in light of in light of the the lockdowns to be able to drive those sales online um, and, and lack of that in lieu of that foot traffic that is. Um, so we've seen countless stories across the board of people, um, of, of members succeeding, and in some cases exceeding what they were doing previously. Um, you know, and one in particular that I uh, that has been really encouraging is a company uh, uh, based out here in the Bay Area, actually, Airport Appliance, uh, who embraced the, the shift to e-commerce early on, and now online sales is has grown to the the point that it's become their number one store um, wow. which is just um, astounding to think about uh, when you think about where we were a year ago and uh, to, to see to see people embrace it to that level of extent is really encouraging and and signals to to us that we're really working on the right things when we're focusing on enabling enabling retailers across the board enabling these members to get access to these technologies so um you know, that's been that's been one of the most encouraging things to see no that's awesome and and i i think you you kind of touch on it there but a testament to the fact that you know it doesn't take lifelong experts on this you know you have the backing of lifelong experts behind you people that are passionate about this space and passionate about retail success online. Um, but, you know, coming into it, it, it sounds, it, you know, it has that connotation of being scary, of being complicated, but uh, it, it's possible. You don't have to have, you, you know, you don't have to be a retail business who's been in the digital game for years on end to, to realize success when you've got the backing of, you know, the site on time and retailer web services teams and, you know, the support of Google as well. So, uh, no, awesome to hear those stories. We love hearing those stories and sharing those stories. So we'll continue to do that and uh, continue working closely with you. I mean, Patrick, this was awesome. And I, I just want to say for anyone watching, uh, you know, to say that you've never listened to a podcast before, officially no longer true because this you've, you've <laughs> a podcast. So uh, you can go and find all of our independent shameless plug, right? All of our independent thinking podcasts uh, on the independent on the nationwide website and all your podcasting platforms. But Patrick, um, you know, I, I know we're going to, we're going to start doing these regularly. I'm not going to let you off the hook to, to, you know, it's not going to be another almost year before we talk again. So this was a lot of fun. Uh, and I look forward to having yeah. more of these conversations as, as we move forward into 2021 and beyond. Yeah, let's, let's definitely not wait a year. Let's, let's, let's do this again really soon. I, I had a blast. Thanks, Rob. Yep. You got it. All right. And thank you again to Patrick for sparing uh, some of his day, a portion of his day to 
come and talk with us and uh, be with us at virtual primetime, you know, the, recently and share some, uh, you know, shed some light on some really strong topics and, and share some really great data points. Uh, just a lot of, you know, great information about how trends have changed over these, uh, you know, past 12, 13 months uh, since this pandemic really uh, took hold of the retail industry. And, um, you know, look forward to continuing to catch up with him and, and chat about these trends, see where the products are moving, what consumers are interested in, and how they're interested in shopping with retailers. So I uh, look forward to, to more of that. And, you know, I can't wait to share his insights with you on a regular basis and see how, you know, we can learn from that and, uh, you know, improve upon our the, the independent retail channel. So uh, again, appreciate Patrick for taking his time. And as always, I appreciate you listening to the Independent Thinking Podcast, and we will catch you next time. Music.